Please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. About three years ago, Brother Jerry presented this to us, Psalm 103 being his favorite psalm. I assume it still is. It's a wonderful psalm. The Lord has given us this week to give an opportunity to realize that the world had a feast. The world feasted this week, and they exchanged gifts, and they celebrated what they know not, reveling in pagan idolatry and calling it Christian. But today, we're partaking of a true feast. This is the true feast of God's Word, and we're about to read God's Word. We're going to set a table with a feast, and it's going to be God's Word. This sublime psalm is one of the best. I hope that you have some psalms that you think of are the best psalms that you've ever read. And this is ought to be, if it's not, I don't want to persuade you too much, in your top ten. Do you have a top ten? I hope that you can list off your top ten psalms, your favorite psalms. Do your children know which psalms are your favorites? You ought to have a list of favorite psalms, and if you don't, turn to Psalm 103 and find one. Right. You know, Jesus answered him and said, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. He was speaking to Satan. He was resisting Satan's temptations, and he said, I'm not going to worry about this bread that you're offering me, even though I haven't eaten for 40 days. Instead, I'm going to live by every word of God. We ought to hunger and desire God's Word just as much as our stomachs growl when we haven't had food for a few hours. That's the hunger we ought to have for God's Word. Psalm 103. Excuse me. We've got three divisions, perhaps, you could consider in this psalm. The first five verses, this is a psalm of David. Your heading probably says it's a psalm of David, but you wouldn't need that. If you've read the other psalms, you would recognize David's tone, David's excitement for the worship of the Lord, that he loves to be in worship of God. And the first five verses give us the personal mercies that God has poured out on David's life. And he lists them, and he stirs himself up to thanksgiving. And then verses 5 through 19 are attributes of Jehovah God, and they're elaborated upon through the way that he gave, uh, he did things with his nation and his beloved Israel. And then the final three verses, 20 through 22, are David calling on the angels and then all of creation to join in sweet adoration of the Lord Jehovah. So let's consider Psalm 103. Please follow along with me as I read Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide. Neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. 
as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. To such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, and do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And amen. Thank you, Lord, for this precious psalm. I'm going to go through this quickly. We've just got a few minutes, and I want to stir you up like David was stirring himself up. You know, the first verse, David is speaking to himself. He's speaking to his own soul. Do you speak to yourself? Do you speak to your soul? Why not? He did. He stirred himself up. And what was he stirring himself up to? It was praise. He started with praise. And what gets praise going? Verse 2, remembering all of his benefits. Brother Ryan prayed in the back room. We want to remember all of his benefits. We think of the things that the Lord has done for us. And what does he start out with? Does he start out with all of the practical benefits? No. No. Those are certainly worthy of all thanksgiving and praise. But he starts out with better things than that. Look at these next three verses with me. Verses 3 four and five. There are six words that I want to point out to you. And I'm just going to point these words out. See if your eyes can find them. They're highlighted in my text. Forgiving, healing, redeeming, crowning, satisfying, and renewing. Benefits of the Lord. Can you dwell on these words? Feast on them. They're tiny morsels that you can throw back into your mouth and just Think about them, admire them, and consider all the benefits of the Lord. What a wonderful feast we have set before us. Verse 6 says that he is the defender of those that are under the oppression of enemies. Our God can and does defend us. We can be under oppression. We can be under the oppression of our own sins and the consequences thereof. We can be under the oppression of enemies. We can be under the oppression of uh, distress or other circumstances in our lives. But God is our defender. And we ought to give him much praise for the ways that he has delivered us so many times in the past. Verse 7 is a wonderful clause. He made his ways known to Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. Immediately my mind goes to the Messiah and this Psalm 6811 that is sung, one of my favorite verses sung in the Messiah. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. We have the Word of God in our language that we can read and understand, and then we have it preached to us by a faithful man of God. That ought to stir us all up. Great was the company of those that preached it. Thank you, Lord. And now, one of the most wonderful words in the Bible, mercy. Mercy. 
Verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. I'm not slow to anger very often. It's hard to be slow to anger. But the Lord is slow to anger with us, and he has many, many reasons to be quick to anger. He already knows us. He knows how we fail. But he's slow to anger. He's patient. And look at the end of this verse. The Lord's merciful, and he's also plenteous in mercy. So in case you didn't understand that he was merciful, he's also plenteous in that same mercy, and he pours it out to us. The Lord is wonderful. He doesn't always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. Micah 7, 18 and 19, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. I love the thought of him subduing all our iniquities. He will suppress. He will crush down. And then he will ultimately cast away all of our iniquities when we are finally glorified in his presence. He hasn't dealt with us after our sins. Oh, thank you, blessed Lord and God, for not dealing with us after our sins. How do we do it? How do we deal with people when we know that they have sinned? The Lord isn't like us. His ways are not like our ways, and His ways are higher than our ways. When you sin, God hasn't put all your sins on display for all mankind to see and know. He hides your sins because He's merciful. You would be destroyed. You would be so cast down, but you deserve and I deserve to be outed for what we have done in sin against our Lord. But He is not like that. He suppresses and puts under our sins. And so then, what about it? How great is He? It's higher than above the heaven. That's pretty high. His great mercy toward us, toward them that fear Him, and believe me, it's only them that fear the Lord that He's merciful to. His mercy is so great, it's higher than the heavens. How far is it that He puts our sin away? Start traveling east and tell me when you get west. You cannot separate You cannot understand the the way that the Lord separates you from your sin in His legal judgment of you. It's as far as the east is from the west. He's removed your transgressions from you so that you can live a victorious life in Jesus Christ. His tenderness, His tenderness is like a father that pitieth his children. That is a tender and a good father. Not all fathers are good fathers. We're talking about good fathers that pity and tenderly care for their children. God is like that toward us when we're obedient and we fear Him. His compassion is great. He took on flesh. You know, this is a psalm, so it was written before Jesus took on the flesh. But of course, we know that God came into the world, the Word came into the world and became flesh. And He knows and is able to succor us because He has dealt with this flesh just like we have, yet He did it without sin. So he, he remembers our frame that we are dust. And now we get to the part that we understand ourselves. We're like a flower that fades away. This life is a vapor. We have just a few days left on this earth to give praise to the Lord. So if we're going to pass that quickly, let's use everything that we can today and the next day that the Lord gives us. Don't wait. Don't sit back and think you're going to do it later because your life is going to be over very soon. It could be later today. The wind comes and goes, and we don't know where it went. But how long, in verse 17, is the Lord's mercy going to endure? From everlasting to everlasting. Look at the comparison. We're gone like that. But God's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. 
it lasts forever. It started before the foundation of time, and it will go on long after time is, is gone. Mercy is given to someone in this verse. At the end, you notice that his righteousness unto children's children. Your righteousness is a gift that you give to your grandchildren. Because if you will live a righteous life today, you're setting your children up for a successful life in the Lord in the future. So grab hold of that today. Blessings come by the obedience. He says in verse 18, it's to such as keep his covenant. What is to such? That mercy that the Lord is going to give is to such as keep His covenant. So stir yourself up to do that which is right. Do righteousness and the Lord will continue to pour out mercy. He's already been merciful in that you weren't even doing righteousness when He poured out mercy on you. So how much more is He going to pour out on you when you do righteousness? And then finally, David wants to sum it all up. So he calls on the angels. How many angels are there? We don't know. Millions and millions of angels. And he calls on them to do what? To praise the Lord. To bless Him with their lips. To call out. They excel in strength and they do His commandments and they listen to His Word and they cry out, bless the Lord. And then he says it again. Bless the Lord all ye hosts, which are again the angels and His ministers, the angels. David's calling on the angels because he is standing in the house of God blessing God with his words, and he cries out to the angels to bless him with them. So you've got a great company of angels coming into the worship of the Lord Jehovah, and you see Revelation right here in two verses. The book of Revelation calling out and praising the Lord God Almighty and his son, the Lamb, worthy that was slain. Finally, last verse, bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion, all of creation, bless his holy name. David calls it out. He cries out to us, use your lips. Use your lips to praise the Lord today. Speak to your soul. Remember, he closes it with, bless the Lord, O my soul. Remember that these things are the things that you speak to yourself. Call out to God. Call out to his angels and say, come with me, all you angels of God, and bless the Lord with your lips. Let us enter into the presence of God now with thanksgiving and praise, giving glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.